In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Have a seat, please. It's a joy to be with you, and quite honestly, these days, it's a joy to be with anybody. I'm really glad to, to be around, um, starting to be able to get back into visitations and coming together to celebrate the bread of life and the cup of salvation, to break open the Word of God, and to renew the covenant of baptism that um, we celebrate, especially uh, at Confirmation, but also on this All Saints Sunday. Um, the uh, travel here once getting off of the interstate reminded me of that verse often used in reference to the faithful departed running with endurance the race that is set before them. Uh, some were enduring better than others along, uh, along the way here, but we, uh, uh, Canon Coltis and I cheered for all as they made their way. I also appreciate being able to be with you on this greatest day of the year where we get an extra hour sleep. Um, and moving from Eastern to Central time zone, it was just a bonanza, so I, I was really grateful for that. So this morning as I was uh, getting all of my uh, attire and things into the car, next door uh, a car pulled in to the driveway and um, as I was walking towards the door, I could see the gentleman got out and he was holding this big box of donuts and had a couple of, uh, had three um, coffee cups uh, from uh, a place uh, near the house there that uh, he took up to the front door and knocked on the door and uh, nobody came. And he knocked on the door again and Nobody came, and he knocked on the door really hard the third time, and the door opened, and it was unmistakable voice of the owner of the house who said, you forgot the time change, stupid. Come back in an hour. <laughs> but then quickly added, but leave the donuts and the coffee, please. So um, uh, we all celebrate this day of extra sleep in a different way, do we not? So, For my homily this morning, I'm indebted to a framework laid out by Bishop Porter Taylor, who wrote a meditation for All Saints Day, but got me thinking about the communion of saints. Who are the people who saved your life? When you think of the turns your life has taken, who helped you find your way? Let me ask this in another way, the bishop writes. When you think of situations that you don't think you can handle, when you need to ask for help, what faces come to your mind? Or when you think about those you admire, who comes to mind? Whoever these people are, whosever faces you see, living in this realm or living in the life to come, they are your saints. Too often, we are too smart for our own good. And we can limit our thinking that saints are mythic figures who live legendary lives, performing miraculous deeds that make them so different from us. In baptism, God makes saints. 
And in baptism, God calls us to live as saints, that is, those connected to him. Sainthood is not about visions, making the sun stand still, or miraculous healings in hopeless situations. It is about being so connected to the love of God in Jesus Christ that that love radiates out from individuals and from the church. The first reading from Ecclesiasticus indeed encourages us to see the company of saints this way, to see God's family as surely God sees it. It's that first part that begins, let us now sing the praise of our famous ancestors in their generation. The Lord apportioned to them great glory. There were those who ruled in their kingdoms and made a name for themselves by their valor, those who spoke in prophetic oracles, those who led the people by their wise counsels. Some had incredible wisdom, spoke those words. Those who composed musical tunes or put verses in writing. Rich men endowed with resources, living peaceably in their homes, the list goes on. All these were honored in their generations, the pride of their times. Some of them have left behind a name so that others declare their praise. But that's not all. The writer goes on to say, of others there is no memory. They have perished as though they had never lived. They have become as though they have never been born. But all these were godly people whose righteous deeds have not been forgotten. The names, maybe. The faces, maybe. But not the fruits of their love. Their offspring will continue forever, and their glory will never be blotted out because it is God's glory. Their bodies are buried in peace, but their names, in a particular way, as saint, live on generation after generation. I'm sure I was not alone in watching a faithful Episcopalian buried on Friday. The liturgy was carried live on TV from Washington National Cathedral. The preacher listed the greatest accomplishments of Colin Luther Powell, chairman of the Joint Chiefs and Secretary of State. You know, it was interesting to hear that the family always called him Colin, but his pronunciation was changed to Colin while he was serving in the military when a great military hero whose first name was pronounced Colin was there. It's, a, it's an interesting thing to put together, the name of your vocation and your work, but the name of your baptism, Colin Luther Powell. The preacher went on to mention that he was a son, a husband, father, grandfather, and then concluded with the last title, Child of God. The writer of Ecclesiasticus reminds us that we should sing the praises of people like General Powell, like Secretary Powell, and that we should equally sing the praise of every private who saluted him because he saluted them in return out of respect. That was a pivotal part of one of the eulogies, I thought. 
Colin Powell was known for saying, treat everyone with more respect than you think they deserve because you have no idea what they are dealing with in their life. Can I get an amen from the congregation? In other words, love the Lord your God with everything you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people. Everything in the law and what the prophets have said is grounded in these two truths Jesus said. So no act of love is ever forgotten. No lover of God is ever forgotten. No lover of a sister, brother, or sibling is ever forgotten. For love and lovers live eternally in the communion of saints. One of those saints, Irenaeus, said, the glory of God is the human being fully alive. And that's also a great definition of a saint. Individuals fully alive because they are connected to the source of life. The great Jewish theologian Abraham Joshua Heschel said, eternity is not the perpetual future, but the perpetual presence. The world to come is not only a hereafter, but it is also a here now. Eternity, glory, is bound up in loving. Whether that takes the form of intense forgiveness, of servanthood, of lifting up the lowly, this is the eternity that we not only aspire to, but the eternity that is here now. So there are two states of being, non-life and eternal life. Every experience, every act, every moment fits in to one of these two states. Non-life is the life that's lived apart from God and God's will. Non-life is false life, the life of distraction, the life of anxiety, the life of sin. When we are immersed in non-life, we forget who we are, and as a result, we feel alone, and we hunger for communion. The non-life is the life apart from grace, a life in a world where nothing comes freely, that you, that you constantly have to prove your meaning, your value, that you are worthy of love. In that non-life place, we oftentimes feel cut off when we see how unconnectedness takes place. In that non-life place, we'll use anything to jolt us into feeling something. Distractions of various kinds, including things that are not helpful and are poor choices. Honestly, around us every day is a lot of non-life that poses as real life. But there's another place. A place called eternal life. Again, not just the future, but the here and now. Eternal life, where we are connected to the source of life, which means we are connected to each other. 
We are connected to creation and to all that has come before us, seen and unseen. As the saints tell us, all the way to heaven is heaven itself. And the saints line the roadway, a lot like that marathon, cheering us on, cheering us on to our true destination, heaven. Again, hold it in tension, both what is ahead, but what is now. A long time ago, when I was a relatively new priest, I was greeting people after work, and a young boy yanked on my alb and said in a loud voice, why do we pray for the dead? I said, son, I'll talk to you at lunch later today, but um, it was my son who asked that. (laughs) And thank God, nothing particularly pious or prayer book or, or theological eva- uh, uh, construction came forward. And, I, and so I just kind of blurted out the first thing I thought of. I said, Timothy, because they are not dead. They're alive. And we always pray for those we love. And they are alive. And we celebrate this All Saints Sunday because the departed are not dead. They live in God's eternal presence and beckon us to live for the glory of God by being fully alive. They comfort us when we are downcast or in despair. They intercede for us and they're beckoning us on to be fully alive. In no small part, that is what the candidates do this day by renewing a baptismal covenant made for them probably earlier And they take it on now, and this isn't a once-for-all thing. It's something that we all are going to renew in our promises, and it's one of the greatest gifts I have as bishop. When I go from place to place to place, I'm often doing this, and I have the great joy of renewing the baptismal covenant sometimes week after week after week because nobody needs to do it more than me. But it reminds us of the eternity that hopefully is a long way away, but the eternal joy that is present for us now as we enter into that life. Listen to those promises we will make again after we reaffirm the Apostles' Creed. Those categories, those those commitments, those things that we say, this is who defines us. This is the life we live, not that non-life that poses Hate the posers. True life sounds and looks ultimately like Jesus. So what is renewed this day? Whether candidate who receives a laying on of hands or all of us today renewing the baptismal covenant, what is renewed is that God's love is eternal. And the people who love you and have gone on to greater glory still love us. And that love makes us strong. Again, the miracles we celebrate are not about levitating or visions or things that seem to defy the laws of nature. 
the true miracle, and it is true, is that love never dies. We remember the saints in our life and are remembered to them. But remember needs to have its classic definition. Not The opposite of remember is not to forget. The opposite of remember is to dismember. Because when we remember that which is truly important, it's as if it is present with us again. Do this in remembrance of me. It means my love and life is right here, right now. And when we remember those we love and see no longer, but will be united with again, the comfort and the promise and the love fuels us and leads us. Beloved, let these saints, known to us, whose faces we see as we remember those critical times of life, a face that maybe this is the first All Saints we can't see any longer. Let us think of these also great heroes who really weren't different from us. They allowed that love to live and to course through them in particular ways and said non-life is not life, but eternal life is ahead. And we honor them by living our lives for God's glory and making a difference right now where God has placed us. So if I may, be, if I may end with something that I know if we could choose a few more hymns, this would perhaps be one of them. The final verse, they live not only in ages past, there are hundreds of thousands of thousands still the world is bright with the joyous saints who love to do Jesus' will. You can meet them in school or in lanes or at sea, in church or in trains or in shops or at tea. For the true saints of God are just folk like me. And by golly, I mean to be one too. Amen.